You are listening to episode 27. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about. Because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagement. So if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more in my show notes and I will have the link to the waitlist just for you. And now on with the show. I met Alex Carmelli through a podcast community called Spot a Guest, where you could actually apply to be a podcast guest or gain podcast guests in a way to further each other's podcasts. What was beautiful about this episode is when she pitched to be part of my podcast, I immediately noticed that it was another fellow millennial, another young woman just like me who is in the business space. And I was so excited. So I wanted to meet her so badly and I was very excited to interview her. But what ended up happening is not only did I get a great interview, but at the end, Alex actually offered that we could be accountability partners. And that was amazing to me. That was something new and it was great because I'm in Canada and she's in Boston, yet we really clicked. And since then, we've met at least twice or almost three times actually discussing business. I actually got to be interviewed for her Facebook community and really have gained a really great friendship from just meeting from a podcast. And aside from her being someone who I now know and truly respect, she is also a queen at building community. She has built her Facebook group in only a few months to 653 members. And so not only is she very, very dear, but she is very talented at what she does. She builds community. She has released two books and she is coaching people and changing lives with her company more than a paycheck. I'm very excited for you all to hear this episode today. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, and today I'm really excited to interview a fellow millennial entrepreneur and someone who is getting success in her area. Her name is Alex Carmelli, and her coaching is More Than a Paycheck, 
And I'm really excited to learn from her about how she got into her business and, and what she's really been crafting through this process. So thank you so much for being on the show, Alex. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with a fellow millennial. That's exciting. Yeah. So please tell our audience, how did you get into entrepreneurship? How did you find that process for yourself? I know I have my own story, but for you, how did you make that decision and, and come up with the company that you now have today? Sure. If you ask my family, entrepreneurship probably wasn't supposed to be in the cards. They're a very traditional Jewish family where you, know, you go to school and then you get married and you keep your good job and then you have kids and then grandkids and then you die basically. So <laughs> I think it really started when I, um, I started as a personal trainer and mm. I loved the freedom that came with it. I love being able to essentially run my own business, work with clients, make a really big difference in people's lives and have a flexible schedule. And eventually I got to the point in my career where I wasn't just coaching um, clients, but I was running a team of 15 personal trainers. I was you know, managing four to five other locations and managing their managers. And you know, I figured out a lot of strategies on um, leadership and talent development that I just really felt shouldn't just be confined to the fitness space. Hmm. And so combined with being unhappy with having to move through like levels of bureaucracy to really get anything done. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to do this myself. I I'm ready to do this. So you kind of came from more of like the fitness world yeah. um, that kind of led you now into like the coaching world um so do you mind um speaking on even that transition uh is your coaching still related to that or is it completely like entrepreneurship based now and and how did you come to those conclusions as well yeah so i i actually love this question because coaching for me is 80 percent behavior change and 20 percent content Anyone, no matter what field we would coat the strategy, the behavioral strategy, we would use in a similar way, no matter what field. And then we would need someone who's a content expert in each field to come in and fill in those gaps. But most of what I do, whether I was helping someone lose a hundred pounds or helping someone get an employee back on track, the strategies were almost exactly the same. It was just a matter of reframing a lot of those goals, which is why, you know, a lot of the stuff I was doing, I'm like, this, this shouldn't just be in fitness. Like there are a lot more people that could benefit from, you know, really understanding how to develop and manage um, in a purpose-driven way. So for you, you were able to kind of clean it down to the idea of purpose and people actually achieving goals and therefore it was transferable you felt what you were doing in both realms. Like, that's very interesting. <laughs> so what was the scariest moment for you then um, when you did choose to launch this business before it really came to fruition? What was kind of like that? Oh my gosh, I'm going to do this <laughs> moment for you. I think the biggest thing, and I'm sure this is for, for most entrepreneurs, is getting out of your own way. Um, there's this really great quote from The Perks of Being a Wallflower that's, we accept the love that we think we deserve. And that, you know, really applies to a lot of things in life where, you know, there may be an opportunity or a client or, you know, a speaking gig that's like right in front of you and you could just reach out and take it. But a lot of us, we really don't do that. 
Mm. We hold back because we don't feel like we're, we're worthy of doing it. We don't have enough experience. We don't have enough talent. And so, you know, I had a little, little bit of that. And then I also had people from, um, you know, my life who are also like, I don't know if you're ready also and kind of playing into that. And I was like, okay, you know what? I am ready. I'm good enough just as I am. I'm deserving right now. And it's just telling yourself that because everyone has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's literally just a matter of doing it. I think one of the biggest things I've discovered throughout this process and either coaching and, you know, me, me myself taking risks in my business now is the difference between people who are successful and aren't is literally just that they are action takers. Hmm. Where you don't think about things forever. You, you think about it for five minutes and you go and do it. Yeah, that's awesome. I like how you're talking about how you had your own doubts of like whether you should go forward. And even others were kind of putting that on you. So in your process then, uh, did you ever seek mentorship or coaching to kind of find voices or even just community in that sense, uh, accountability to kind of find voices that could affirm your actions moving forward? Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's something I actually, I talk about in the Teach Your Ducklings to Fly book. The mantra I try to live by is if you're not growing, you are shrinking. I had a lot of mentors along the way. Um, some I paid a lot of money for um, coaching. So I had a book coach that I paid a lot of money um, that really helped me, teach me how to think about things differently and showed me how to write this book. And I have a second one coming out. Um, I utilized free things like score to find mentors. And then I went to like local events and started talking to people who, you know, are doing similar things and you just have to follow up with them a lot of times. And I think you'll, you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to even just give you 30 minutes to help you. Yeah. A hundred percent. If you don't have support as you go through your entrepreneurship journey, it's very, very lonely. Definitely. So another thing too is once you kind of got over those scariest moments and then you were able to find those voices as well, what was then your biggest obstacle in putting yourself in a position where uh, you were ready to present it and where people were actually accepting your message? I think that the most underrated step in building a business is clarifying your message and clarifying your idea. And I don't know if stillness is the right word, um, but for my first few months, it was moving in every single direction possible, which is great. Like that's already the fact that I'm moving is good. Cause like I was saying, you know, most people don't even move, but now the next phase is like, all right, now only move in one direction and just stick with that one direction. And I think, I've definitely been extremely susceptible to that shiny object syndrome where I'm like, I'll try Amazon ads and I'll try Facebook ads and I'll do Instagram this. And so that's, that's been the biggest thing is, you know, reining myself in and telling myself to focus on the one thing and to get really, really clear on what specifically I'm doing with that one thing and then have blinders on. There's nothing else that exists, but that one thing. Yeah, so would you say that's referring to um, focusing, obviously, where you're putting your efforts, but also niching down? Is that part of your process as well? Yeah, so one of the biggest things in clarifying was figuring out who my ideal customer 
would be. And so I actually, this is what I did for the book writing process, but we crafted like a, an avatar. So you would mm -hmm. name your person. I don't know if you've done this, but you'd name your person. Um, you would talk about like what clothes they would wear and where they would hang out and you know what books they would read what they do on the weekends and that's how you would talk to the person you know i did that with the book and i was like i need to do that with the business too because who am i writing to while i'm writing all these blog posts i had written like tons and tons of blog posts and then i had this moment three months later where i was like oh my god like who am i talking to like who are these yeah. for yeah i really like that process you're talking about and so for you how did you even um, get into like the book writing and authorship and 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 why did you see that as a valuable piece to add to your coaching and what you do yeah so to be candid millennial to millennial um I did not want to be uh 25 years old and unemployed trying to build a business I wanted to be an author who mm. was trying to build a business so the fact that I published a book and, you know, separated myself from all of the thought leaders out there who are, you know, have a lot of noise. You know, I think that was one of the main reasons that was the tactical reason that I decided to do it so quickly. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I've been leveraging this book to, you know, now I get to sit here and um, talk to you that adds some like esteem to the name. I get to, you know, find other speaking gigs and lunch and learns and, you know, build a quicker level of trust with clients that I didn't have before. Um, and it's a very compact way to express all of my knowledge on my topic. Very cool. So actually having a book you'd say um, increases your credibility in the industry. A hundred percent. So one thing one of my mentors told me was, let's say 500 people want to write a book. 20 people will start, three people will finish and publish it. So mm -hmm. literally the act of just doing it, it could be like the worst book. Hopefully it's not, <laughs> but it could be the worst book and you've still separated yourself because you're the person who goes the extra mile and you're the person who wants your clients and your audience to have this and you are out there serving them instead of just hoping and wishing and wanting. Very cool. So how long did you, would you say between the process of you um, starting your business and then starting this book, did you start to see yourself getting, you know, speaking gigs and, and uh, getting more interviews because that's something that entrepreneurs definitely want to achieve um, within their process. If, if they're really thinking specifically of how to grow in their niches so um how long i guess was that time period between you having that release and then people going oh you seem like an expert we want we want you here i would say probably three months after i started building and i really think part of it is one i'm you know i'm not shooting to be on pat flynn or john lee dumas is like all these really big name i don't know if you know those big name podcast or NPR, how I built this. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, start talking to more local people, local businesses, build connections. So I think a lot of people when they first start, try to be, you know, the Michael Jordan of their industry, when they mm -hmm. literally just need to play on the local team and get good there before they move to the next level. So I'm not trying to 
get gigs or interviews that are above me, I, those things I think will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a matter of putting in the time and focusing on serving your audience and serving the people who, who need you and that you want to be helping. And I think those things come with practice. That's what I'm trying to keep in mind. Awesome. And for you, because I know we were just talking before the interview really started, like uh, we found uh, we're, we're both part of a mutual community called Spot a Guest. And so um, you found out about it through Facebook groups. I found out about it through LinkedIn groups. Um, what kind of initiatives did you take to build your brand? And what are like your favorite social media platforms to use for that? Because I find I've been having some interesting conversations with different entrepreneurs lately and they seem to have different ones that seem to really pop for them. So for you, I guess, what was your brand initiative creation process and what's kind of your favorite spaces to be in right now? I would say my favorite space right now, aside from the, like the spot of guest community is probably the, there's a Boston businesswoman Facebook group and it's probably one of the most helpful and engaged Facebook groups that I've ever been a part of. Wow. That's so cool. So I like when I first was interested in podcast guesting, I, and, you know, starting to market myself, I posted in that group and I think I had 30 women reach out to me after that. And it really, really shocked me because again, when you're on this entrepreneurship journey, like it's you in your home office, (laughs) you know, your dog, like I've got a dog, that's my business (laughs) partner. (laughs) I've got him and you know, it can feel really lonely. And I think they, they all know that mm. and they all remember that. And so the amount of women who would spend like 30, 40 minutes with me on their own time, just to, you know, build a connection, but also to genuinely help. And I didn't feel like we're trying to sell me or trying to, you know, just hustle, hustle me out of something. Wow. Um, so I feel like that was the biggest thing wherever you're like, find a, a very engaged community and, be part of that like that's that's been the most helpful thing I would say that's funny too because it was your local community and they're so engaged um that's really special I think uh like I don't know if my city like their Facebook groups are that engaged but like similar to the um the LinkedIn group I had was kind of like yours like I was just like talking about podcasting and also I got like 18 responses and I was like whoa and so that's how I found out about that group like you said finding those groups are actually quite helpful um because yeah since joining even that community I've been able to meet so many amazing people and then outside of social media too what kind of initiatives have you taken to really establish your brand yeah so I'm actually, um, I don't know if you know Mark Bonas, Bonas, I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, I just heard him on um, the Smart Passive Income podcast, I think last month. Um, and essentially he's this guy who built um, an enormous tribe. Um, he actually built it on a legitimate island. And this is after his life completely fell apart. I think he was approached by the TV show Survivor even like by the island that he'd built up into this tribe and now he's building tribes online so (laughs) wow he has has this group launcher live challenge that's two weeks and essentially Mm -hmm. you're creating your legacy your tribe of people he has the saying that ten thousand people woke up and 
shed private tears and you're the person that's going to bring them together in not just a Facebook group, but a, he call, what he calls a tribe. Mm. Um, that's mission and goal driven, purpose driven. And so right now what I'm doing is trying to take all of the things in my program more than a paycheck, which helps basically small business owners um, who want to build teams that show up for more than a paycheck that work for something bigger than themselves. So I want to create a tribe of people that, you know, it's not just about me, my coaching, but it's really about a movement of, you know, leaders leading purpose-driven businesses and taking care of their people. Because I think too often I saw leaders not taking care of putting profit before people. And, you know, that's something I, I want to change. So going through this two week challenge is really how I'm clarifying the brand where we're going through and doing a lot of homework assignments and I'm getting to bounce ideas off of other entrepreneurs of Mark who's in the group. So even though I'm like a few months into this and I've been thinking like, that's another thing Like you're really never done thinking about your message. You're never done thinking about your branding. It's a living process. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I'm just kind of floored that this guy convinced people to go with him on an island somewhere. I know. <laughs> and I really <laughs> want to hear that story now because I think that's even crazy. I'm like, if he can do that in real life, of course, finding one online is like, there's a lot less to sacrifice there. You know, yeah. if he has that kind of um, appeal or way of communicating, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, and so for you now, um, what are you hoping to uh, offer the coaching industry? I, I know there's a lot of coaches coming up and, and different things. And, you know, even I'm trying to do consulting and we're both in this game. So uh, what do you feel is, yeah, something unique that you're hoping to give to the industry? I know you kind of touched on a little bit the last question, but uh, now that you are, are fully uh, living this out. Yeah. So I have, for my coaching more than a paycheck, that process, I have a, a three-step process that I take people through. And the first part is always working on and figuring out what your leadership differential is. So what separates you? What experiences have you had in your life leading up to now that have influenced the way you're leading? And how do we figure out what would be the, the best strategy for you to be to run your team? And I think too often is we tend to be the leader. So that's the first me. I want to focus on you. And I know your team's going to get better because they're going to notice you getting better and you're going to start leading differently. And then we don't have to talk about performance managing or having uncomfortable conversations. You know, it's, it, things are going to change. So that's the first thing I like to focus on the person and address that and, and see how things fall in line. Um, and then the last step of my process is seeing things in action. So I think there's a huge, huge difference between, you know, being able to verbalize what it is you know and be able to tell someone else what you know and then being able to go and execute at a high level and at a really a life-changing level. And a lot of times what I see is that, you know, people can, again, give and give and give. But when I, when I hear them in action, either 
talking to their clients or talking to their employees. I'm like, ooh, all right, that, sure, like that's what we talked about, but you could definitely be saying that same thing so much better. I focus a lot on the quality of how we say things in the moment mm, through yeah. the use of recording. Um, and I have them do a lot of that for homework because again, it's great if you can say it, but if you can't execute and execute with quality in how you say things, like it's, you know, doesn't have the same effect. Hmm. Very, very cool. Yeah. I um, also wanted to know too, how long have you been uh, running this coaching business? I started putting this together in September of 2019. Cool, cool. Yeah, so I was... I actually, I was getting up at, I would say like 5 a.m. and working until 9 a.m. and then going to work from 9.30 to 8 p.m. and then coming home and working again. And, you know, I, I had to like even offload some like personal training clients and cut back on some hours and lost out on some, you know, cash that I was making a lot more before. But that's how I was sort of test running kind of test running and testing the waters to see like, is this really for me? Mm-hmm. And I noticed that from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., I was so, so happy. It's so early. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you were doing what you love. Right. And so I was like, if I can get up, give up money and get up early and do it consistently for a few months, like it's not a passing phase. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And is that what you do full-time now? Yep. So as of um, two months ago, as of January 1, I quit my my job. And yeah, now I'm full-time coaching and building the business and getting to talk to wonderful people like you. So congratulations. That's amazing. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I always like hearing the process of like when someone starts to like, when it's kind of just doing its own thing. So that's really awesome. Um, and finally, what do you value the most about being an entrepreneur? I think that the biggest thing is getting to make and drive the business in a purpose, in a purposeful direction. There was a, some purpose where I was and I got to lead a team that was purposeful, but I wasn't in an organization that was aligned with my vision and my values So now when I get up, I, you know, I only work with people who are aligned with my values and believe in, you know, the same things. I don't just work with people because, you know, the company wants me to work with them or I'm the only person that can do it, but you get to call the shots and you get to, you know, drive it forward however you want. That's awesome. Uh, Thank you so much, Alex. Uh, I wanted to give you this chance to, to let the audience know if you have anything to yeah, just present to them or that if you have a launch coming up, uh, is there anything you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, so they can, I mean, I'm on all big social media platforms, Facebook at Alex Carmelli, same thing for um, Instagram. You can find me at Alexandra Carmelli, that's one L, um, .com. And I mean, you can pick up the Teach Your Ducklings to Fly book. It's 99 cents on Amazon. And I've got oh, wow. <laughs> my, my second book, Stand in Fear, coming out um, end of April as well. So I would say that's a, that's a great place. If you're a leader, a new leader who's, you know, looking to kind of 
step into that leadership role or refine, that's where I would start. Awesome. Well, I will definitely purchase that book. That awesome. seems like such a great price. <laughs> definitely more affordable than I ever expected it. So yeah, for sure. If anything, everyone uh, definitely get the book and uh, look out for her new book. And we'll also be linking, uh, I believe you sent me a freebie link um, in the comments. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with uh, the audience today, Alex. I really appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun.